Bonjour, one and all. Welcome into the show. It is good morning from France. Good evening to you back in New Zealand. My name is Daniel McCarty. Logan Swinkles alongside me as we continue our tour of France. We are back in Paris in the beautiful commune of Cretel, not far from where the All Blacks are now positioned in the capital city of France ahead of the opening game of Rugby World Cup 2023. Over the course of the next hour, we'll hear from all the key voices uh, in Foster, Sam Kane, uh, Aaron Smith, just to name a few, Jeff Wilson, Sky Sport commentator and of course uh, former All Black, who uh, has played in one of uh, the more difficult to read chapters of the history of France and All Blacks uh, World Cup history. Uh, he'll offer his insights into what that rivalry means to him and of course his own verdict on the opening game. We encourage you to join us too. Our number is 0800 150 Love to get your thoughts now that the team is out, now that the side has been selected, now that you know who's not going to be there and who will be there. You could also text us on double eight double three. Love to get your contribution. The Lines are open. Don't hesitate to join us here on Rugby World Cup Today, episode number four, as we're perched um, in the corner of the lobby, the main lobby. I'm getting some quizzical looks from people around here going, what on earth is this fast mouth the English talker on about uh, as they uh, pick up their delightful breakfast? Logan Swinkles is salivating at the Tarpano Chocolats. There's going a off whole the t- basket <laughs> there. I've got my eye on it. <laughs> I've never seen you move so quickly, my friend. You know, brilliant stuff. Uh, welcome into the show. It's been another busy 24 hours since we were with you last. We went to the final all-black team training of the week in Lyon. Yes, they were. They started the day yesterday in Lyon. We captured some vision there that you may have seen on our social media accounts uh, before we were asked to leave quite promptly. Uh, security, of course, uh, always has a big part to play in inter- international rugby, although uh, this idiot left his bag inside the ground. Uh, I had to scurry on back, you know, sidestepping uh, security to get my way back there. Uh, the All Black uh, management asked what I was doing, and I just told them that I had to go pick up my bag that had Eddie Jones's camera uh, in it. I got a couple quizzical looks. One laughed. I think one actually uh, realised it was a joke. No, before you ring up and accuse me of treason, I'm not spying for the Australians. It was a joke. Then I got back to the gate and it was already locked. I couldn't get out of the training ground. Uh, So I had to hurry over um, someone over and ask for help. And finally, uh, we were able to open the gates and I was able to uh, leave. Uh, So no claims of spying this way for sure. Then it was on to a rammed train to Paris. It was packed. Crossed the gorgeous countryside at a great rate of knots. Then we worked our way through hectic Paris traffic where we arrived at the auditorium in Cretel for the uh, team naming. Security was enormous. I could not quite believe it. Some uh, journos were patted down, me included. Uh, obviously uh, a little bit concerned what we might be bringing in to uh, the venue. Uh, incredible presence of security for the All Blacks. It just shows what uh, a big ticket item they certainly are. And the media turnout was significant, fair to say. So let's get to the stories of the day from a New Zealand perspective. It feels very real now to me that the Rugby World Cup uh, 
with the first team naming. Then we had South Africa a couple of hours later sort of uh, jump the queue and uh, announce their uh, starting lineup and squad for their first game. I uh, loved uh, the take of uh, Coach Jacques Niamba who said, hey, the team is likely to leak anyway, so why not have full disclosure and give it to the public early? A refreshing uh, take from the South African boss. But we are here uh, right now to... Uh, you know, zero in on the New Zealanders and the head coach, in uh, Foster. We will hear from now. He had to break some news, and it was really heartbreaking news from a sporting perspective, a rugby perspective, that is. Uh, Imone Nawara uh, ruled out of the tournament. This close to the opening game, that is such a cruel, cruel blow. He'd been dealing with a bit of a back injury, and it sounds uh, like very late in a training session, uh, he's re-injured it, or made it even more significant, maybe is a better way to describe it, and he is out. So, uh, Ian Foster speaking about his feelings on Narawa being ruled out of the tournament and how they will go about replacing him. Oh, look, incredibly sad. Um, you know, he, in, in the Twickenham week, he, he, ran a, he ran his fastest time of the year. He's coming back. He... Um, and so his preparation has actually been really good, trending right up. It's obviously been a niggling back from, from the Argentinian test. And he was coming right, we felt. He trained really well. What's today? Wednesday or Monday. And it was actually the last thing he did in a school block that um, he, he, he jarred it. And it turns out that it's the other side of the disc. And it's um, incredibly sad for him. You know, he's worked hard to get here. And we were excited about where he was at. But... Um, you know, the best thing for him now is to go and rehab at home. So it's it's a, not the nicest thing to do as a coach at the, right at the start to tell someone they're going home. But, um, you know, the, he's a popular part of this group and I know he'll do the right thing and we'll sort out the plan for a replacement probably after after Friday's game. We'll, we'll, we'll weigh that up basically after Friday and just just to see where we're at. But, you know, we clearly have to make a change and it's it could be there, it could be in the... In the Lucy's, you know, we're just looking at the progress of Brody Retallick, Shannon Frizzell, the likes of those guys, and we'll assess that after this weekend. Yeah, and that is the really interesting perspective, isn't it? Uh, not potentially a like-for-like replacement uh, in Foster hinting at there. So one outside back goes. It uh, might not just be someone shooting straight back in like uh, Mr Stevenson. Uh, it could be a loose forward, uh, an Ethan Blackadder. Well, he, he's back playing. I, I understand he played quite well during the week, according to some messages I received from back home. Granted, they are card-carrying members of the Ethan Blackadder uh, fan club. Uh, Finau, of course, is another heavy uh, body, uh, can bring physicality. Uh, this is a question we'd like to ask you. Uh, play uh, the role of selector. I would probably lean towards bolstering that loose forward department. Maybe it is a blackadder, maybe it is a female. Uh, let me know your thoughts on double eight, double three. Uh, who should get the call uh, as far as you you are, you are concerned? Uh, back to the game itself, of course, uh, Foster uh, uh, spoke about uh, the fact that there's no Geordie Barrett for this game. He is out. He will not start at number 12. He's out of the uh, match day squad altogether with Anton Leonard-Brown starting at number 12. While Dalton Papali'i uh, gets the nod at number 6. So here is Foster about the Geordie Barrett uh, injury and then the reason why they went with Dalton Papali'i ahead of Luke Jacobson. Uh, look, it's um, he, he's re- relatively close. He, he played, we didn't really know after the Twickenham test, but he... Um, Pulled up a bit sore. It's more of a jarring type injury than a than anything else in that knee. So it's a precautionary thing in some ways. But um, we'd we'd like to think that he'll be back and available next week. Dolts has played plenty of rugby this year. We've. 
got a lot of faith in both of them. We just feel for this game, um, that way round uh, will be good for us. I think um, you know it gives us the ability to have two guys who instinct, whose instincts are at the yeah. ball, but also Dalt Springs a pretty strong ball carrying and and is quick around the park. So you know he's he's been a big part of our group over the last eighteen months and, and he's deserved it. All Blacks coach uh, Ian Foster on the team news there. What about a broader picture of how he feels his team is placed ahead of the start of the Rugby World Cup? And I think once you hear this, uh, many of you who I've spoken to uh, on SCNZ over the last few months, I think you're diametrically opposed uh, as to where the New Zealand team is currently placed. Here is Ian Foster on that exact point. Look, really good. I think when you have a couple of injuries... um, People start writing the list down, but we always knew Brody and, and Shannon weren't going to be right for this game, so we've been able to prepare accordingly. They're both trending really well. Um, I thought Guzzler was going to have a smack with me when I told him that he wasn't quite right because he believes he is, so he's pretty close. Um, so I guess it's just the the Geordie and, and the Amoni one that have you know surprised us a little bit this week, but but that's the game, and I think you're going to get that in all the teams. But we're, we're in a good place, you know. We've had a a good prep, we've had a great rugby championship. You know, we had a great, if you look at the performances against South Africa, Australia, and suddenly we're World Cup favourites, and, and then we, we, we don't do very well in Twickenham in a, in a warm up game, and suddenly we're, we're the worst all black team ever. So, you know, we, we smile at that, and we're quite excited about where we're at. So, where, so where are New Zealand on the scale, as far as you are concerned? 0800 Are they closer to being World Cup favourites? Or are they closer to being the worst team ever? That's obviously a direct reference to Olivier Magna, the former uh, French loose forward who took to Midi Olympique, which is a fortnightly uh, rugby magazine here in uh, France. Uh, And he absolutely towed the All Blacks, suggesting they're not in the top three as far as uh, contenders. And they may in fact be the worst All Black side he's ever seen. Granted, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how deep his knowledge of, uh, you know, the broader, longer-term history of New Zealand rugby is. So that, that is a question I want to put to you. Where on the scale are you? Are you closer to New Zealand World Cup favourites? Or that this is a, a very, very weak New Zealand side and have no right to lay claim to a World Cup title? 0800 That That's quite a broad spectrum, isn't it? It can't be both. It's got to be somewhere. I would love to get your thoughts on that. So happy to take your calls. 0800 You can also text us on double eight double three. Before we get to your calls, I just want to play this uh, clip. Um, a fast start. I think this is vital for New Zealand. I think New Zealand needs to be a front-running team at this World Cup. I'm not sure the armoury off the bench is as strong as previous. I don't. It's definitely not as strong as uh, previous iterations at, at World Tournaments, but I'm not sure uh, we've got game changers on that bench. Hopefully I'm wrong and they prove me wrong, but I, I certainly believe New Zealand need to start games fast um, and uh, look to lead... Um, on the scoreboard. Scoreboard pressure, I think, is going to be vital to this side. In Foster spoke about that direct point, especially about starting fast here in France. It's always on the wish list when you play away from home, but definitely for this one. You know, like it's... We were here in 2021, and, and the environment, I thought, was it, was... it was a beautiful environment for rugby. You know, like I think the whole crowd was in a fantastic mood, and we know how well France started that day and put us behind the, the eight ball. So, you know, we know what, what's what's coming, but it's going to be amplified, I think, with, 
you know, there's an opening ceremony, it's a special occasion, and, you know, that's that's what World Cups are about. So, you know, we wouldn't want to be anywhere else, quite frankly. It's a privilege to play this game, this first game. So, you know, we know there's going to be an onslaught early, but we've just got to make sure that we're, we're the ones involved in doing that as well. In Foster, yesterday's our team naming, well, France, uh, French time. It's uh, early morning here. It's the time, about quarter past eight. Uh, the breakfast area here on the main lobby of our hotel is filling up quite uh, quickly uh, and it's already quite warm. It's only 18 degrees outside but it's 80% humidity. I think weather is now looming as quite a big factor. Why? Today here in uh, Paris it's going to get to 34 degrees. Tomorrow, which is game day, I look to Logan who was my internal clock and calendar manager. He's given me the thumbs up. Tomorrow is game day. It's going to reach 36 degrees during the day, and uh, according to the forecast, by kickoff, it's still likely to be close to 30 degrees. It kicks off at quarter past nine local time, quarter past seven your time in New Zealand, of course. So those conditions are going to be pretty energy sapping. So back to that point about fast starts, I think very, very important for this New Zealand side. So that is the summary of things from a news perspective from the All Blacks coach as far as you know, the overall squad with Narawa heading home, huge disappointment for him. No Geordie Barrett. Papali'i getting the nod at six. Happy to discuss uh, the selection of the side. But to that point about how well this team is placed, I'd love to know from you on 0800 150 or double eight double three if you want to send a text to where is New Zealand closer to? Is it World Cup t- title contenders or one of our weakest um, uh, sides that we have ever seen? I... I it's got to be get it I'm so confused with that Uh, uh, in Foster saying they had a great rugby championship the way they played against South Africa and Australia uh, many people had them looking as favourites and after one bad performance people describe them as the worst team uh, ever I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, where you feel New Zealand sort of is on that spectrum 0800 150 811 feel free open line talk don't be shy join us this is Rugby World Cup today episode number 4 isn't it 4th episode oh there's the music it's 17 minutes after 6 o'clock in Aotearoa my name is Daniel McCarty we will take a short break and be back with your calls go on join us don't be shy The Big Three of this World Cup is France, South Africa and Ireland. IAM is specially warrior for this New Zealand team. South Africa's display against New Zealand is significant for the world of rugby. Surely this All Black team is the weakest in history, I'm wondering that. If it like New Zealand's rugby championship wins were a bit of a sham. When he sees the level that France is able to display over 80 minutes against Australia, with players who have maintained the same level of performance, and the determination of these players. This opening game will be extremely tough for the All Blacks. It is brilliant work, Mr. Brad. Absolutely fantastic, lovely mock-up. Those are the words, not the voice, but the words of Olivia Mania in the uh, Midi-Olympic article that we've referenced a couple of times uh, this week. Um, the weakest all-black team in history. Uh, I'm glad he's been following all-black history since uh, the first time uh, the men in black kicked a ball in anger. Um, fantastic, uh, fantastic. Fantastic. 
um, that the All Black wins in the Rugby Championship, a bit of a sham. A bit of a sham, apparently. That's interesting. I'm not sure it was a bit of a sham the way New Zealand uh, outplayed South Africa in Auckland. Not at all. If they can recreate the pace of the ball, uh, the speed of play, a lot of teams are going to struggle to keep up with them. And, and I don't know about you, Brad, but any time anyone references a victory over the Wallabies as a fantastic indication of how well a team is placed. I'm not sure we could read too much into that last point about um, you know France's last performance against Australia. And, um, indeed, Daniel, and a lot of people yeah. saying, well, are the All Blacks that good because all we really did is smash the Wallabies? Well, you know, come on, France. And, yeah. and um, I was actually going to ask you this. What's the reaction been to the French team in France? To the, oh, to there's concern. Um, Cyril Bai is a big loss up front. Uh, Willemson, the second row, a significant loss. Don, Dante in midfield, I, I don't think maybe the average on fan knows how important he is to them. A real organiser, uh, able to, to get them on the front foot defensively so sound. So they've got some vulnerabilities too. That, he's, he's a midfielder, by the way. So I think they will miss him. Um, so there's... Uh, there's just a few nerves starting uh, to build. Uh, there's a, a, a few stressed journalists that I've spoken to. We played uh, a great chat with Arno David uh, earlier in the week. Um, and, and he outlined that in 2023, France have not been as good as they were last year. And he, he is concerned that uh, maybe the occasion will get to them. All will be revealed in good time. It's 25 minutes after 6 o'clock in New Zealand. 25 minutes after 8 in the morning here in Paris on another glorious day. You're listening to Rugby World Cup today. We want you to play a part in the show. 0800 150 You can text us on double eight double three. G'day, Andrew. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. It's Andrew from Whangamui here, mate. Wonderful to have you on the show. How are you doing? Good up there? Good, mate. Over there? Down France. there? Down. You're on the Southern Hemisphere now, aren't you? Yes, you're on the Southern Hemisphere. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, mate. Um, everybody's sort of um, head sort of um, swaying and having doubts with the All Blacks. Here's my take on it, mate. They're going to go all the way. They're going to push everybody aside. It doesn't matter who they put on that field. All, those, all the personnel we got um, are number one players. And um, I'm just saying, look out the world. We're coming. We're coming for you. What gives you that much confidence, Andrew? And I love to hear it. I, I, I love to hear it. Well, mate... Um, <laughs> You know, up until that South Africa game, um, you know, the All Blacks, okay, you know, like um, they they brushed everybody aside there. Um, losing that game to South Africa, um, you know, you've got to take into account um, the yellow cards, the red card, all that sort of thing. We're playing with 14 players. You know, everybody seems to forget that. Um, when we're on 15 on 15, look out. That's all I'm saying. Good on you, Andrew. Appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for joining us today, mate. Keep up the great work, and we'll uh, hopefully hear from you down the line. Uh, a couple of points Andrew's raised here, 15 on 15. I, I think if New Zealand can stay relatively fit and relatively fit, because I, know, I do know there's no Brody Retallick, there's no Shannon Frizzell, there's no Geordie Barrett for this opening game. I don't think they're relatively fit, but I think if they can get some luck with injuries, and I'll put this question to Jeff Wilson a little bit later this hour, uh, I think New Zealand should have a lot of confidence um, in their, their top lineup, being able to beat any side at this uh, tournament. My question is the depth. 
you know, how deep really is this when you compare it to, say, South Africa, when you compare it to an island, when you compare it uh, to a France? Uh, love to get your thoughts. Thanks, Andrew. 0800 You could also uh, text the program on double eight double three. This is Rugby World Cup today, episode number four. Coming up later in the show, we will hear from uh, Jeff Wilson, um, the former all-black winger and uh, Sky Sport commentator. But right now, uh, let's get to our uh, Rugby World Cup schedule for 2023. Rugby World Cup schedule 2023. Of course, the opening game of the Rugby World Cup coming to you live from Saint-Denis. Stade de France is the name of the stadium. Uh, our coverage starts at 6am on Saturday morning your time. Kickoff is at quarter past seven. Join myself and Justin Marshall for full coverage of France up against New Zealand, the opening game of the tournament. As far as other games you can hear on SENZ, we will cover off Australia up against Georgia. Georgia the following day. Uh, there is a game after the New Zealand-France game, isn't there? I, th- I think 11 o'clock game, local time. But uh, our next game will be Australia v Georgia. That comes to you at 4am New Zealand time, where it will be Sam Hewitt alongside Steve Devine. And then we've got a really exciting game to bring you. Argentina starting as favourites against England. Well, that's how many have it. Michael Checker's men... Uh, have a lot of support ahead of their game against England. Also Sunday morning at 7am, Stade de Marseille in Marseille. Join Scotty Stevenson and Ant Strawn. Fantastic lineup of commentators we've got coming your way here on SENZ. Uh, what else is happening over the first few days of the tournament? You've got to look out for South Africa v Scotland. That's uh, going to be a really... Uh, an, a, uh, interesting game. Wales v Fiji. That's Monday morning, 7 a.m. We've got coverage of that one from Bordeaux. Sam Hewitt alongside Ant Strawn. And uh, and then, uh, well, game number two, just to, to reiterate, similar circumstances for New Zealand. It's a Friday night game, local time here in France. So much like the opening game against France, you will have the All Blacks coming to you across SENZ on a Saturday morning. That one kicks off at 7am next Saturday. But we can't wait to bring you all the colour and action from Rugby World Cup 2023. All starting Saturday morning, 6am. Our coverage starts kick off at quarter past seven. New Zealand taking on the host nations and uh, one of the favourites in France. That was our Rugby World Cup schedule. With Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's bang on half past six. You are listening to Rugby World Cup today. We will head off to Johnny Mack in the news. Twenty-eight minutes away from seven o'clock. This is Rugby World Cup today, coming to you from Paris. Back in Paris, I'm getting excited for kickoff. I hope you are too. Can't wait for this tournament to begin. A question of the day for you, and feel free to contribute on double eight double three. You heard that clip, or well, you may have heard the clip earlier from Ian Foster saying after the first few games of the Rugby Championship, everyone was saying they were favourites again for the World Cup, and then one loss to uh, South Africa in England and at Twickenham has them as the worst All Blacks team ever. So where are you on the scale? Are you wild? 
wildly optimistic, or are you in that, you know, the red zone? Oh dear, oh dear. Do let us uh, know. We had uh, Andrew just prior to the break calling in. Uh, he's uh, adamant, adamant that New Zealand uh, will uh, make it another world title, their fourth in total. Let's hear now, though, from a former All Black who has uh, played you know, a reasonable role in, in, in one of the um, the uglier chapters, you might uh, argue, from a New Zealand perspective, and this incredibly rich tapestry of a history between New Zealand and France at Rugby World Cups. He now works for Sky Sport. He is, of course, Jeff Wilson, who I caught up with straight after the press conference. Huge press conference, incredible numbers um, as far as uh, attending media as uh, the New Zealand uh, team and management uh, were thrown many a question, and once that wrapped up, I caught up here with uh, the man we call Goldie. It's Jeff Wilson. Alongside Sky Sports, Jeff Wilson, former All Black. Do you miss doing top table press conferences? Do you miss being quizzed by the media? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't at all. Oh, look, I can understand the fact they're an important part of the game. It gives people the opportunity to, to find out where the teams are at. But, of course, you know, for the players, they're in, they're in sort of game mode. Um, the coaches have, have selected their sides. You know, um, you know, there's not too many unexpected answers. Um, but it's nice to see them, nice to hear from them. And you get a sense of where they are sort of mentally, how they're feeling about games. And, and look, this is a first game of Rugby World Cup. I mean, there's pressure on, right, on, on both sides. Um, the funny thing is, regardless of the result, we really, really don't find out anything more in, for another few weeks. So this is just, a, I suppose, gives us an indication of where they're at. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the phony war, because the way that the, the group is, it looks like New Zealand and France are going to progress no matter what. But it's, it's an occasion, first game, you know, full house, you know, France in front of their feral fans. And I say that with due respect. It's going to be an amazing occasion, isn't it? It's going to set the tone, yeah. right, for the Rugby World Cup. I mean, everyone's talked about how competitive it's going to be, so why not get two of the contenders, which you'd have to say they are, and, and one of them is the favourite in France because they're at home, and it's the All Blacks who have shown the ability on any given week to beat anybody, and they've found some form. Um, um, forgetting, of course, Twickenham, if you can, you put that behind you. So there, there are two sides that are going in yeah. that you expect have the abilities to win. So that'll set the tone for the tournament. It's a great opening weekend. There's some great matchups. So when you put the balance of, of this Rugby World Cup, and there is no better way to start this, this, this tournament. It's been well set out. Um, we would like to see clearly um, some different possibilities at, at the first round of the knockouts, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to change. Hasn't was never going to change for two months, uh, two years, right? So reality is we've got what we've got, and now we're just going to look forward to it. When you look at that New Zealand team, what sticks out about perhaps how they're going to play? Well, look, I mean, injuries have forced their hand. Um, they've had to balance up um, how they're going to play the game, what they're going to face, and what they had available to them in regards to dealing with the threat. And initially, straight away, I looked at it and said, um, he's trusted his experience. He's gone to the fact that there's some key positions he feel are going to be, he feels are going to be really, really important. Clearly, the front row is one of those. Nepo Lalala coming back and off a Toanga Fussy coming into the reserves means that he really wanted some experience in that part of the of the field. Um, Anton Leonard-Brown you know, was the obvious one to come in. Uh, he's played a lot more rugby in recent times compared to David Harvili. So there was a couple of surprises, but even Finlay Christie, you know, I think everyone recognised what Cam Roygaard was starting to do, but it obviously wasn't quite enough. So he's just gone back and, and he's invested time in the last couple of years with Finlay Christie. He's now asking him on the biggest stage to deliver on that investment. So I, I think this, that's where the balance has come out, that, that ultimately he's going to rely on his trusted guys. That loose forward trio could play at a real pace. Is that what the All Blacks have to do, play at great pace? A bit like they did at Mount Smart, they don't need 20 minutes against South Africa. They played at such a, a, a 
frenzied. South Africa's defensive line's never been able to settle, was it? Yeah, but, but South Africa and France are two significantly different teams to play against. And so you, you're looking at uh, the challenge that France play, and I think it's that ability defensively to get around the park and the loose forward trio. They're all, I mean, let's be honest, they're all sevens. Ardis Savia was a seven. Um, and Dalton Papali'i was a seven. You're, you're playing with three guys who are a threat over the ball at the breakdown, but also defensively are going to be able to get in position very, very quickly. So I'm not necessarily surprised on this. Um, it does give them some versatility in terms of impact off the bench with Luke Jacobson, who can cover all three positions. If he'd started at blindside flanker, you probably didn't have that type of cover. You know, you'd be moving him around. So once again, I'm not surprised by these selections. Um, the pressure's now just on this group, who clearly haven't played together. This group hasn't played together. Um, you know, if you'd asked us a month ago who the starting yeah, 15 for this true. test match was going to be, it was clear and obvious. Well, mm. Lomax was going to be there. You know, um, Geordie Barrett was going to be there. They're not there. And so, you know, um, France are no different. They've had to make a significant number of changes through injury already in terms of experience that they've lost. So that's why this first test match is probably a lot different than we may have been thinking three, four weeks ago. The All Blacks compared to previous campaigns probably not as deep, so might, might need a, a, a little bit of luck on the injury side. Well, actually, in some ways you look at the other way, it could work out in our favour that some guys are coming back at the right time and returning in the last, maybe, last pool game or the one just before that, get some rugby under their belt, um, going in a little bit fresher. Uh, I mean, it's an unusual tournament with a two-week break right in the middle of it for the All Blacks, so all of these things have benefited time. Um, so, like I say, we'll learn something on Friday night. But in terms of the context of the tournament, there is so much more rugby to be played yeah. and it could be significantly different in a month's time. Last one, Jeff. What does the French-New Zealand rivalry mean to you? You've been in the heart of it. You know, oh. um, I, I, you know. how would you sum up what these two nations mean to each other? Well, look, I mean, if, if you look at a side through World Cups, the French are the side that they've never won one but they've always been there and they've been in some of the biggest moments of Rugby World Cups. They just haven't probably been in a position like they are now where they're as settled as they are as a group, that they can put back-to-back-to-back performances together, which is what it takes to win a Rugby World Cup. But our relationship, I mean, I think, and I I remember um, the try from the end of the world in 1994. I was was on the bench watching it firsthand, right? Jonah was playing. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm on the bench watching it. In those days, the bench never got up, never even got a chance. JK wasn't coming off. Jonah was in his first test matches. It was the second test match. Normie's still pouncing. Yeah, so all of that sort of stuff, right? So so the history, my experience with it, obviously, is 99. um, uh, I had to deal with, and then but then being there firsthand, we've had some great results, you know, in 2011. So there's, there's, if you're talking about Rugby World Cups, these two teams are so connected, are so linked. And, you know, I think this is the first, well, it's another chapter, right? And possibly there could be one at the other end of this tournament, um, you know, playing in a final together once again. So I think that's why, you know, this is, this is special. We've got a relationship that's special with South Africa and Australia, but this is almost like a Rugby World Cup relationship that um, you know you can't hide from and is something special. Former All Black and Sky Sport commentator Jeff Wilson and I caught up with uh, after the All Blacks press conference. Yeah, it's an extraordinary history, these two nations at Rugby World Cups. Um, they, they do share. This question was put to Sam Kane, the All Blacks uh, skipper. He was asked about his own memories of the, the great rivalry that is uh, France and the All Blacks at Rugby World Cups. Straight away, thought of the disappointment as a um, as a teenager watching those seven quarterfinal. 
Um, and then the, the heights, I suppose the nervousness of, I was lucky enough to be able to watch the 2011 final um, in person. So it was a pretty special occasion. Uh, and then sort of quickly moves into my own personal experiences and then probably one of my favourite test matches to have been a part of was the 2015 quarter-final. So a um, couple of highs and lows there. <laughs> my memory doesn't go back too much further than that. Um, but, yeah, really excited. I think Foz said it's a privilege to, to be able to play this first game to kick, kick off um, the 2023 Rugby World Cup against the home nation, um, who would probably be considered favourites. It's going to be a, a, a seriously special occasion and we can't think of a better way to start our Rugby World Cup and, and hopefully there's some moments of magic out there. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure Brad and Logan will agree with me. Our memories of 1999 are pretty darn strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I remember um, I was young. I was a Tauranga Intermediate. They wheeled the TV out and we watched it in class. And it's just a traumatic experience. Amazing I, game of rugby. I, um, Incredible game of rugby, but a terrible result. It scarred me, Brad. I have memories. Because uh, you remember, Daniel, I don't know if you do, but we smashed France by 60 points about four months earlier before the yes. tournament started. And I remember I was working at Macca's at the time as as a, as a shift manager and remember we were doing the old clothes and was having a chat to one of the yeah. other rugby fans and he's like, bro, imagine if we lose tomorrow morning. I was like, mate, <laughs> we're not going to lose to those guys. Like, you know, we're all eyeing up Australia. Like the Australian All Blacks final was going to be the greatest game of rugby of all time. That's what we're all looking forward to. And then we lost and I'm sitting there watching the game just going, why can't we just pass the ball to Jonah? Because oh, we did, every, we did. every time he we got did the Jonah, ball... Jonah did what he needed yeah. to do. It's like we went away from the game plan, which is just give the ball to Jonah. And we were up 24-12, five minutes into the second half, and we still got spanked. Yeah, kids listening out there, yeah. Um, we're, we're over it. We're clearly over it, aren't we? Tomorrow we're going to try and uh, relive with you, uh, the listeners here on Rugby World Cup today, your favourite moments. It has been at Rochester. New Zealand's played France seven times at Rugby World Cups. We've not played a nation more. I think next best is poor old Scotland. My jocks always seemingly get the All Blacks, don't they? They're, they're right up there. Ireland, for some reason, always tend to miss the All Blacks anyway. Such is life. I'll get over it eventually. Uh, you are listening to Rugby World Cup today. Uh, Sam Kane and Jeff Wilson there. We'll take a short break. Our breakout performer, or our tip, our, our pick to click is not too far away. And we'll hear from Aaron Smith, who's about to rip into another World Cup, and he's got a huge matchup against one Antoine Dupont. Stay with us. Back up with us. It's for Jake and Lila. Go to bed, you two. Go to bed. 11 minutes away from 7 o'clock. This is Rugby World Cup today, coming to you from uh, Gretel in Paris. Uh, Aaron Smith, uh, a Rugby World Cup veteran. This is his third Rugby World Cup. He was a bundle of energy at yesterday's press conference. Lots of questions directed to him about the prospect of playing at a Rugby World Cup and his mouth-watering matchup against uh, the big man over here, Mr Dupont. This one's very special and I think, um, definitely for me anyway, the, when the game got announced that it was France at home at Stade de France, um, you can't help but you know, vision and dream of being in those moments, being in those environments, yeah, and it's finally here. Um, we've had a couple of weeks since, you know, nearly a month since the squad was named, a week at home and then a week in London. Germany and it's just like that build up to want to get to this special moment and um, 
we're two days away, and as a competitor, you just you just want these moments. Somewhat naturally, a lot of conversation in the build-up to this has been around you v Antoine. Do you relish that sort of challenge? Well, I think um, well, Anton Dupont is a an amazing athlete and an amazing player, which is uh, he's proved in the last few years around receiving awards. And he's obviously their captain and key figurehead for their team. But I've learned in my time well, during rugby in New Zealand around if you make the game around the matchup, you tend to not do your role as well or focus on what you need to do. And um, for me, the game's not about me versus him. The game's about me doing my role for our team. And um, obviously, defensively, our game has a, has a big eye on Dupont and what he what he can do, and about shutting that down. But that's not just me. It's as a collective, and they've got plenty of players across the park that are very dangerous. Aaron, um, sorry, another question about uh, Antoine. Uh, we have seen him uh, on a documentary last weekend, also in cartoons, also in rugby show, everywhere. Uh, Antoine Dupont is probably the second person uh, important in France after the president. Do you think it's not too much for him? And do you think, as you have uh, the, the experience of uh, the, the pressure every day as an All Blacks, uh, the, the, the pressure helps or um, it's hard to, to play with? Well, it sounds like a question you'd have to ask him, but uh, I think from everything I've seen from him since playing him a few years ago, um, he's just taken it all in his stride. But, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure, but it seems to um, help his game. Um, bigger the stage, bigger the moment, he usually stands up. And, yeah, so I hope he's feeling the pressure of it. <laughs> Aaron Smith speaking at the press conference about uh, Dupont, who was such a big deal over here. I probably can't paint the picture enough, and also his thoughts on a third World Cup. Let's get to our uh, pick-to-click, our breakout performance. So we head to the Valleys, uh, Wales. Uh, this is, of course, uh, with uh, Breakout River Meets, 100% Australian meet and proudly supporting Rugby Union. Our potential stars of the tournament, or young breakout stars. Wales, we know, has a proud rugby history, but and the modern era has been largely dominated by one man, the brilliant second rower, Alan Wynne-Jones. But he is retired. He'd been a fixture of that side from 2006 to earlier this year. He's left a 158-cap hole in the heart of the Ford pack and um, well they have got a rising star perhaps to fill that void um, at the centre of their longer term rebuild, uh, rebuild is a 20 year old David Jenkins the youngest member of the squad gets a 10 out of 10 for a Welsh sounding name doesn't he while the Exeter Chiefs lock will uh, also be set for a starring role he's been tipped for greatness he's already become the youngest premiership captain in history at just 19 years and 342 days old when he led Exeter to a victory over London Irish now Warren Gatland has only gone for three specialist lock forwards which should present uh, Jenkins a golden opportunity to secure significance significant minutes at this tournament and add to the seven international caps he has so far it's been a bit of a whirlwind journey for the Bringian born star whose international debut came just less than 12 months ago and he, he possesses all the physical attributes you would want in a second rower standing 2 metres 01 or 6 foot 7 and 120 kegs or 19 stones so keep an eye out for David Jenkins surely he won't be hard to spot uh, our breakout performance with Breakout River Meets proud supporter of local independent butchers and the Rugby World Cup 
Thank you so much for joining us for Rugby World Cup today. Thanks to all our guests, all our callers, our, all our contributors. We will catch you tomorrow morning, which will be gay day in France. Bring it on. Until then, team, take it easy. Bye-bye.